0: with you right here in the service. So I love that they have a map up there of all the places that the word goes forth from this place. Don't you love that? Because although our church is right here, it's not just here that we impact. We impact places all over the world, and even Cleveland, Ohio. (laughs) And what a perfect example of The theme of the day, which is on your worst day, you need the church. See, this man knew he needed something, but this church reached out all the way to Cleveland, Ohio, and we were there for him to help him in his time of need. But then the second part of that is, on your best day, the church needs you. So what if we weren't here? What if they weren't uh, on the live stream? What if they weren't able to connect to him? So the church needs to continue. And we have such a privilege and honor to partner with God in what he's doing in the world. And let me share just a few statistics. Um, This last year, at the end of 2022, the world reached a milestone. There are now 8 billion people on this planet. I mean, that's a lot of people. But the part of this that is concerning is there are only 2.5 billion Christians on the planet. And that means there are 5.5 billion people, billion people, that still need to know about Jesus. Jesus. And so that's a whole lot of people. That means that the church has a very big job to do. But here are some statistics about the church. In our own nation, here's the reality. In 2019, 4,500 churches closed their doors. And there were not... new churches starting to replace those churches. In fact, there was a deficit. So the trend continues, and in current years, from 2019, there have either been 3,000 to 11,000 churches that have closed their doors. New churches are not starting up at that rate, and a lot of young people are leaving the church. And the reason, the main reason that they give for leaving the church is shifting priorities, meaning other things become more important in their lives than church and coming to church. But see, this is the community, and this is so big in God's heart. God, this is his body. When we look at the church, we are the bride of Christ. Jesus is coming back for us, and he's coming back for those who know him. And so there's a whole lot of people, 5.5 billion, and I maybe you've noticed there's a whole lot of people even in our valley that need to know him. Well, those are directly within our sphere of influence. Those are the people that we are called to reach out to. So how important is it that this church is right here, placed in this valley? Well, it's huge. And so that this church continues, it means on our best day, we come and we show up and we bring our gifts and we do what we do so that they can know Him. It's the Great Commission, and it's what we're doing. We're loving, lifting, and reaching people. That's our mission here at New Creation Church. So 1 Timothy 1.15 out of the New Living Translation says this. It says, this is a trustworthy saying, and everyone should accept it. Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners. Now, the Apostle Paul was saying this, and he said, and I'm the worst of them all. He knew what he had been delivered from. He knew where God had brought him. I mean, he uh, took a place because of the grace of God. And he had a message. And it goes on and it says, But God had mercy on me so that Christ Jesus could use me as a prime example of his great patience with even the worst of sinners. And you know what? We all are in that place. God had patience with us. He lifted us up. And now we have the privilege of partnering with him. And that's what Serve Sunday is all about. It's grabbing hold of that vision. It's grabbing hold of the Great Commission. It's grabbing hold of that mission and really that mandate to be the church in our community. So on Serve Sunday, we're showing you all of the different teams that you can be a part of and really the impact of those teams. It not, it's not just a bunch of people doing the work. It's actually a bunch of people, depending on the grace of God, to minister to people so lives can be changed so that the body of Christ and the bride of Christ, Christ can be what He desires when He returns. Amen? Here's another scripture. It's Romans 12.1 out of the Amplified, and it says this. It says, I appeal to you, therefore, brethren, and beg of you in view of all of the mercies of God to make a decisive dedication of your bodies, presenting all of your members and faculties as a living sacrifice, holy, devoted, consecrated, and well-pleasing to God, which is your reasonable, rational, intelligent service and spiritual worship. Don't you love that? That he puts how we serve, how we dedicate ourselves to him in the class of spiritual worship. And oftentimes we don't think about what we do for the Lord in the work of it as spiritual worship. You know, that's reserved for raising our hands in the songs and singing and lifting our voice and hearts to him. But service is spiritual worship. And it's powerful. And in fact, God, if he's going to accomplish anything on the earth, he needs us to participate in that kind of worship. You know, I was thinking about this, and what if in the nursery, just one place where we serve and where there's things to do, you know, they're in there and they're changing diapers and uh, they say, wow, I really wish the Lord would help me. I wish the Lord would come in here and help me change some diapers. Well, he already answered that. He said in Malachi, I am the Lord, I change not. And you know why he said that? <laughs> he said that because he's not going to take our place. He wants us to do our part and he'll do his part. So our part is the natural part, but the natural part comes together with the supernatural part. And his grace and his anointing and his power comes upon us to be the church so that we can reach people. And that simple act of serving in the nursery is huge because we minister to little babies' hearts and spirits and we draw them into a love of Jesus at the time that they're small so that they can grow up in him and take their place in the church, so it's huge. Well, I'm going to look at one more scripture here, and it's John 2:2, 2, 2. and it's the wedding at Cana. And I know you know this scripture; it's huge in in our obedience and what God can do with it. So, John 2:2, 2, 2, out of the New Living Translation, says this: The next day, there was a wedding celebration in the village at Cana in Galilee. Jesus' mother was there, and Jesus and his disciples were also invited to the celebration. And the wine supply Ran out during the festivities. So Jesus' mother told him, They have no more wine. And Jesus said, Dear woman, that is not our problem. He replied, My time has not yet come. You know, there's a lot of people that God is pushing and prompting them to take a place, and they're saying this exact thing That's not my problem. <laughs> My time has not yet come. I'm waiting for my place. I'm waiting for for my place to come up. But you know what? Actually, Jesus' mother had some wisdom on that. And she said, uh, it says, she told the servants, Do whatever he tells you to do. She called something forth from him. She caused him to draw within and listen to what the Lord was saying. In another translation, it says, Do whatever he tells you to do. So uh, st- it says, Standing nearby, there were six stone water jars used for Jewish ceremonial washing. Each could hold 20 to 30 gallons. Jesus told the servants, Fill the jars with water. You know, those were 20 to 30 gallons. We look at those barrels that are holding down the tents today, and and they're about that size. It was a lot of work to go and draw water from the well and fill those up. And what does water have to do with wine anyway? (laughs) Well, the truth was they needed to be obedient. And their part wasn't to figure that all out. Their part was to be obedient to what he was saying. And if we simply do that, do whatever he tells us to do, then we'll put ourselves in the place for a miracle, the same kind of miracle. And I love what it says in verse 11. It says, this miraculous sign at Cana in Galilee was the first time that Jesus revealed his glory. But you know what? It wasn't the last time. The key to his glory showing up was the obedience of the people. And when they were obedient, his glory came and it filled the place. His anointing was present. And it's the same every time we say yes to what he's telling us to do. At New Creation Church, you won't hear a lot of pleas and begging to get into a department. No, we believe that he's well able to tell you where you're supposed to be. And that our hearts, because we love him, will respond to him. We'll respond to him and then we'll see the glory and the power of God moving throughout this church, reaching our values. It's a wonderful thing to be a part of. We need the church community. On our worst day, we need the church. But on our best day, the church needs you. And God has a very good place for you, a place where it's full of rewards. He will bless you, He will increase your life, He will grow you up, He will prepare you for the next thing, and you will be a part of causing the kingdom of God to grow. It's wonderful. Well, we're going to continue with the testimonies and see what kind of impact our obedience has. Amen.
1: And I've been attending for several months when the Holy Spirit started prompting me to serve with the nursery team. And I was initially hesitant because I didn't think I was good with babies, but I obeyed and I started serving with the nursery team. And once I did, I just saw doors open one right after another. I gained better friendships. I started to have a community. Other opportunities for prayer school and Bible school opened up to me. I started to feel my life come alive and just start finding who I was as a person, who I was as a believer. And then all of a sudden I was learning about leadership and about the vision. And just one thing led to another. And I don't think that would have happened had I not been obedient.
2: Isaiah 119 says, if you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. And so it wasn't until I was uh,
3: willing and obedient, I started uh, seeing a change in my life in my work and uh, just uh, everywhere I go. One thing that Pastor Mark said that I'll always remember is that oftentimes we're waiting on God to bless us. And sometimes we need to put our hand to work at something first to position ourselves to receive a blessing from God. And not that we're doing it to um, receive a blessing, but we're honoring God, we're serving Him, and we open up our lives to God and His blessings. I love
4: to see people come into the church and they're getting fed the word. And then they realize the impact of their life when they start to serve somewhere and to see that change i mean even their countenance changes that they come in not really understanding or knowing where's my place Um, i love the vision of new creation church every member in their place to see the glory of god and possess the land because you really do see
3: that you can see the impact and the change in people the kids are coming to to give their hearts to Jesus. They're surrendering surrendering to Jesus, but then they're taking the next step and they're actually taking ownership of their youth group and being part of the community they're serving. So they're grabbing their Bibles, they're preparing messages for their peers, um, they're helping with fundraisers, even coming up with ideas uh, for, for the youth. And I just feel like this is a foundation that is being laid for them. Because when they become adults, they're going to enter church community. They're going to receive, but also know how to serve and give back.
2: The relationships with the kids has definitely been one of the best things. Um, again, they're just their their purity, their innocence. Um, doesn't matter what kind of day I'm walking into. Um, they they just they lift me up, and then even furthermore, my my mentors, um, Mr. Gary and Pastor Sean are just they're just lights in my life, and I know that if I ever um, needed anything outside of Agape Kids, that they would drop whatever to be there for me. And so I just think that fellowship and and building deeper relationships
5: within the church body. I always pray that. people that need to receive show and even if it's one and a lot of times I'm like what if nobody shows up right but when one of the times the whole pot of women showed up and it was an amazing experience because it just shows the faithfulness and it so deeply impacted me um, because it enriches my life and I leave I leave feeling so
1: fulfilled in knowing that I'm doing what God has called me to do. When I first saw live stream, I saw technology. I saw cameras. I saw switchboards. I saw TVs. And all of that really intimidated me. But then I saw it as instruments of worship. And the moment that I saw a camera as the same importance as the guitar or the violin or the vocals, it changed everything for me because it wasn't just about the technology, it was this is our instrument of worship. And so when we come to play every single Sunday, we're making music. The live stream team is worshiping in the same way that the worship team is worshiping. And so it's not just about the technology, it's about worshiping God. I would encourage just give it a try go out and
2: serve uh, and if it doesn't work out so what uh, you just gave it a little effort is it tacky to say just do it <laughs> I would say I would say do it do it today um, the enemy's gonna give you a thousand reasons not to do it why you're not equipped why you're you're too busy it's not your gift um, but just I th- I think just speak to that and say no. I am equipped. I am ready. I have the time, um, and and yeah, sign up because we need you. The church needs you.
5: Don't wait. Don't don't wait till you feel equipped enough or you feel mature enough in your faith walk. I like the saying that says God doesn't call the equipped. He equips the called. So if you're feeling called, just do it. And and you won't regret it.
2: It's not a one-person show. We're not lone rangers. We need each other. That's how the body of Christ functions best. Learning to serve and and maybe it's uncomfortable to reach out and say, well, I you know I don't know if this is my right department or not. God will show you. We all know what our our strengths and our weaknesses are. But even in our weaknesses, God can help us to grow. And and I think the team helps build that that. Um, the growth that we need. I I need the others on my team to help me because otherwise I would be, um, I'm just missing the whole point of the gospel. Read Mark 10, 43 through 45. Jesus himself came not to be served, but to serve others and us. I'm humbled by that opportunity. And every chance I get to serve in a different way, um, it's shaping, both inside these walls and outside in the community, just is shaping me, it's practicing me up, it's training me to to see an opportunity um, to just reach out to someone and serve them. So it's it's pretty cool, it's pretty special. Um, it's just a foundation that you can grow from. So serving others is what Jesus did for us first, but we get to do for everyone
5: else. Just as we receive, we are meant to give back, so, in our church, we are fed, and we are part of a beautiful family, a beautiful part of the body. And we go out and share it with the world, and and in that we um, we spread the impact that our church our church makes in our community, not only in our families, not only in us, but in others, as we're meant
1: to. I would say do it, just do it. It's starting somewhere. I mean, nursery seems insignificant, but it was the most significant thing. It started everything. And what if I wouldn't have done it? Then where would I be? I I don't even want to imagine. And so if you're curious, if you're wondering, if you're being prompted, I would say just do it, and it can be anywhere, and I guarantee you that God will meet you there and that He will start putting people in your life to to direct you and to move you forward, and it's gonna be a community. This is
3: New Creation Church, and it is home, and I'm so thankful that I did it. I would say don't wait. If you're sitting out there, oftentimes I was thinking and waiting for the perfect time to serve, and then I realized that the perfect time to serve the Lord is now. So don't overthink it, just step out and see where God takes you. You know, when I started
4: coming to New Creation Church many, many years ago, um, I sat in the congregation, I listened to Pastor Mark, um, and I started to apply the things that I was learning to my life. But what I wasn't applying is the servanthood part of it that Jesus has called all of us to do. And so once I started doing that, it was more of a sense of, okay, this is not just a church I'm attending and it's just not another place that I'm serving, but this is my family. Is it hard? Yes.
1: It's hard some weeks. Does it take all of my heart? Yeah, it often does. Is it the best thing that I could do? Yeah. I love God, and I love His church, and I love people, and this is part of it. This is all part of it. So if one person gets saved or healed or set free, it's all worth it. The good days, the bad days, the hard days, the frustrating days, the impossible days, the days I want to quit, it's all worth it.
2: Just as Nike says, just do it just do it.
1: Just do
2: it. Do it. Do it. Do it it today. Just do it.
6: Good morning, church. Good morning, church. Wow. Serve Sunday. What an awesome day. Serve Sunday. It's a day that we get to acknowledge people who serve here. It's a day that we get to really explain the importance to God of What it means to serve in the local church in a day where, as Pastor Tasha said, it seems like it's going the other direction, but it's not going the other direction. We see in the word of God that there's a day that's approaching and our community, our church community gathering together and serving is more important today than it's ever been before. The building up of the local church is more important today than it ever has been before. We'll look at it in just a little bit to understand that when, when, when the Apostle Paul and Peter and James they wrote to these local churches they were talking about how you build a strong community of local church to affect the greater community around you not allow the greater community around you to affect you and to bring you down. And in our thought process today we're thinking we just need to get out, we need to get out but you can't get out in small numbers. You can't get out if you're weak within. And that's what he was saying. There was a paganistic world. There was a religious world. The Judaizers were coming into the church to try to Judaize and say, it's great that you're saved, but now you're going to have to do the law and the celebrations. We have that today. We have Judaizers coming into the church trying to bring people back to Judaism. We They have paganism where it, says, it doesn't even matter if you serve God. You are you, just your own life. You're a God within yourself. That selfishness raises. So we have the same forces coming against or, or living in the world that, that they did when they wrote these letters to the local church, and how do we serve one another, and how do we build up the church to be a greater force of light out in the community? Right? And so, over a period of time, you know, we just get inward. And if you get too inward, you bite and devour one another. But it's not about biting and devouring one another, as we'll see. It's about edifying and building one another up and strengthening one another in the Lord. It's about realizing and utilizing the gifts that are in you to serve. God and to serve one another that helps other people be built up and be edified. And so I love uh, uh, Serve Sunday. I love the opportunity that we have to talk about these things. Before I go any further, you know, this was just a portion of the people who serve at New Creation Church. And so I just want to acknowledge and give a big round of applause to every single person who sets their hand to serving in new creation church can you give them a big round of applause we are so thankful for each and every one of you and the part that you play and honestly from from the depth of my heart God gave us a vision a big vision but you are the ones that make the vision happen Right? We don't make the vision happen. We see it, and we, we minister the word, but you all, being doers of the word, serving one another, serving even outside of these four walls, are what caused the vision to take place. You're the ones that are making the vision happen, and so even when we talk about Serve Sunday, it's, it's near, and it's dear to my heart, because really, that's why we are here, and that's how we are even here today. The church is at this place. Where we are today, uh, uh, you know, forty-one years ago, uh, God called me. I arrived in Glenwood uh, in about a month. It'll be forty-one years that I actually came, put my feet in Glenwood Springs. I came from Tulsa, Oklahoma, Raymond Bible Training Center, uh, finished Bible college, and uh, uh, I had met Pastor Craig and Sharon, and uh, they had told me when I met them they'd come to interview some people for positions, but they had heard some things, and they just uh, still had the interview, but said, you know, we have no positions, no ministry positions open. Uh, nice to meet you. Have a nice day. And then I had a position open to me in Tucson, Arizona, and so as I began to pray, I thought that's how, where God would lead me, but this, this couple that I met, Craig and Sharon and I could not get them out of my heart. I, I just kept praying. I'm like, man, God, you have, there's an opportunity I don't think you understand. There's an opportunity positionally in ministry in Tucson, Arizona. There's nothing, as they phrased it, there's nothing for you in Glenwood Springs, and God said, I want you to go there, and I want you to serve. I want you to help them with whatever they need. And so my whole journey in ministry began in serving and the knowledge to serve a vision and to serve uh, uh, the people and to serve the leaders in such a dynamic way and to come. And he said, you're just going to have to get a job. And so I, I, I got a couple different jobs, most of them in construction, sometimes working 40 or 50 hours a week, still holding a Bible study. I was the cleaning department at one point in time. You know, what, what sounds scary when I look back at it, it seemed normal at the time, I did nursery for a while. Wow. Did children's, did youth, did books, uh, uh, did the bookkeeping for a while, uh, did maintenance in, in different areas, helped Pastor Craig and Sharon with their boys. I babysat a lot. Um, just a number of different things. But when I look back and, and, and through that process after getting out of Bible school, I thought, man, I have graduated from Bible school. I feel called into the ministry. What am I doing here? And and there's no, people say, well, what's your call? What's your gifting? I'm like, I can't even figure that out. Maybe my gifting is youth. Maybe my gifting is children. Maybe I'm supposed to travel in ministry. I don't know exactly what I'm supposed to be doing. Uh, So here we are. But now I look back and think, you know what? God had a strategy, first of all, to get my heart to serve. Not positionally, but to serve. And after that, he said, I want you to serve in every aspect because it'll help you lead when you know the areas of the church. And so at that time, I'd served in every area of the church. We have different areas now uh, that we've developed in the church that I actually haven't uh, been just serving in those areas. But it's so vital. It was so important to my future to not just say I've graduated from Bible school. I feel like I have a call and a gift in my life, but to be called to serve And really, the Bible tells us if we can learn to serve or be a good steward of another person's vision, God begins to open up your own vision. And really, even that, we serve that vision and God just expanded that vision for us. And so, you know, as we really look at Serve Sunday, what an exciting time. I was thinking about this as we were watching that video, and I'm thinking, how are we going to fit this into next year's Serve Sunday? And I'm looking, you know, we have empty chairs, but I believe that next year's Serve Sunday is going to be packed in both services because people are going to have been served. They want to see. They want to see new people coming into the church by serving. The statistics in the American church are and have been this. In fact, I think they're actually a little bit lower now, uh, but they are that 20% of the people do the work in any local church body. 20% do 80 to 100% of the work and 80 to 100% of the giving, which means 80% are just partaking of what 20% of the people are doing. And New Creation Church, we don't believe that that's God's will or his plan for his church. He really hasn't made that and said, you know what, I've picked out a select 20% of you to really work hard. I've graced 20% of you so the other 80% can really be blessed. No, God is really joining us, joining us into a place in his body that, so that the body of Christ can be effective. He's called us together 100%. Our goal at New Creation Church is 100% participation. Thank you for your enthusiasm. 100% participation. And every area is is vitally important. While we're worshiping, I'm sitting here thinking about the children's ministry, you know, some uh, of what... uh, Mr. Gary said and Tasha said about children's ministry, and then I look up at the platform and almost 50% of the worship team grew up here, like children's church, youth, and now they're serving, ministering worship to you. The elder statesman of that, Jerry Haskell, actually grew up here as a young boy, amen, amen. I mean, it just tells you that the church, the input, the influence, and and, and the further influence that goes forth out of that is so vital. The children's ministry is so vital. Yeah, I don't know if I want to be around kids. You're not just around kids. You're around future leaders in the body of Christ. You're around worship leaders. You're around pastors. You're around business leaders. You're developing them. You're pouring the word of God into them so that even as you're cooperating with the parents, when they're old, they'll not depart from it. So many aspects of, of what we do here, equipping people to do further work of ministry, but at first it made it look like, you know, what's the big deal if I'm here or not? It's a huge deal. And so Peter addresses this, and I believe he addresses the vision of New Creation Church in a vital way, and uh, I don't want to take all of our time, because we want you to go out. We want you to see what's available if you're not yet serving. You know, in New Creation Church, our goal is 100%. Right now, we, we thank God we're over the 20%, but uh, just a little bit over that. But at one time, and at this particular time in the growth of the church, at one time, we had 70% of the people serving. When we had 70% of the people serving, It was our fastest, largest segment of growth that the church had. So some people will say, well, if you just serve in the local body, if you're just edifying each other, uh, that gets inward and stifles growth. But actually, when you're all serving, you're learning, you're growing, you're developing. You're developing what you're being taught. You're learning how to love one another in difficult circumstances. Because you might have to follow a leader that you don't particularly like or respect. But when you hear about loving and respecting, you have to put that into practice. Well, I don't want to. Yeah, you don't have to in the world. Nobody cares. We think we're going to reach out to a lost and dying world, but we don't really have to respect them. Well, you do. You have to learn that. So we're learning relational. What you heard through most of that is, I grew in relationships. And what happens in relationships? Relationships, we have to apply the word of God. We have to apply love and joy and peace and goodness and gentleness. We have to apply faithfulness and self-control. So when you serve in the local church, you serve others. God says, this is what you've heard. Now you get to apply it. Well, I'll apply it somewhere else. No, you won't. Maybe bits and pieces. But this is where you get to really be challenged. Because we have a high expectation of each other. Well, they're Christians. You know, in pastoring 30-some years, if you knew the number of times I heard, I can't believe being a Christian they did that. You know, I'll just be a little transparent with you. While I'm sitting there, I'm not saying it's right. I'm thinking, and I can't believe you're a Christian acting like you are right now. Because we could all say that. I can't believe you're a Christian and you have flaws. That's easy to project out. But then when it comes to our flaws, we have all kinds of excuses. But when we serve one another and we don't become so familiar at who we know people are, for we know everybody has flaws and we know their shortcomings, but the wonderful thing about being in Christ is we now no longer know each other after the flesh, but any man that be in Christ is a new creation. Old things have passed away and behold, everything has become new and now everything is of God. And when we work together, we know where you've come from. We know you're not perfect yet. We know God's not finished with you, but we do know he's faithful to complete what he started. So we're all working in this completion process, having not familiar of who we used to be, but growing familiar with who we are in Christ. So vitally important because we are fit and knit as members of this new creation, not who we used to be in the world, not because of our sin, but because of what Jesus did. We're bringing things together to do what? Culminate in what we call the body of Christ. Not part who we used to be under sin and part him, but joining and learning to join together as members, new creation members linking together. So First Peter says it like this. Uh, starting in chapter 4, we're going to read this from the easy to read translation because uh, it'll be a little easier to read this way. And so he says this, look at this with me. He says, God, show, God has shown you his grace. Somebody say grace. grace. In many different ways. So be good servants. Somebody say servants. servants. And use whatever gift he has given you in a way that will, be best, uh, will that will best serve each other. If your gift is speaking, your words should be like words from God. If your gift is serving... You should serve with the strength that God gives. Then it is God who will be praised in everything through Jesus Christ. Power and glory belong to him. Now, again, we'll go to other scriptures. There's other things to develop gifts. But don't you think it curious that he actually only know, names two ways to serve one another? You either gift to teach and to speak or a gift to serve. See, we want to get into the gifts of the Spirit and a lot of, but he says, listen, you have a gift. God's graced you with many things that you will find either in serving people by speaking what God has said or serving people out of your heart and putting your hand to something. And he said, in doing that, God will be glorified. And so that just brings me to the vision of New Creation Church As we begin to see it and understand where this is and and really understand a little bit about this scripture in particular, the vision is every member in their place so we can see the glory of God and we can possess the land. And so right here, Peter says this, and he's actually, if you move up a couple verses, he's talking about the last days. He says, we've entered into the last days. And so what should we do? We should embrace the fervent love of God. Why? Because the love of God covers a multitude of sin. In other words, when you know what Jesus did for you, you can forget your past and huddle in under the love of God and move to the future. And when you understand that, then you begin to love one another. And when we begin to love one another and put one another as a priority, we begin to serve one another. And as we serve one another, God begins to stir and open up and reveal giftings to us. And as we begin to see those giftings that are revealed to us, then God gives us an opportunity to put those to practice. And as we put those to practice, we begin to mature in our lives and how to utilize those gifts to help others. And when we do that, God is glorified. God is magnified. So when we don't do those things, knowing this, knowing how many of you believe you have a gift from God? Some people are like, I think this is a trick question. (laughs) How many of you believe that there's a grace that came with your salvation from God? Right? So if we believe that, we say we believe that. Then not serving God would be disobedience to God. Right? And when, if it builds and edifies the church, if we don't serve, the church suffers. The church suffers. Why? Because on your worst day, you need the church. But on your best day, the church needs you. Now, I'm assuming some things, but I'm assuming. I know some people are going to go, no, you don't know me. I'm just assuming because you're born again, your past has been cleansed, that you have more best days than you do worse days. This has a lot of good days. Y'all must not. So we'll <laughs> preach to you over here. I'm just assuming by the blood of the lamb, since your sin, the power of sin is broken, you're alive under God, you have more best days than worse days. So thank God. So on your best day, the church needs you. On your worst day, you need the church. So we know there's going to be some bad days, but in those bad days, and I have testimonies, I have stacks of them, that on people's worst day, the church rallied around them and and really brought edification and comfort and helped them get to the next phase, the next step in their life. There's the man in Cleveland, Ohio, who didn't know, got live stream on a bad day. The church was there for him because of their best day. It's vitally important how we do that. So, you know, if we don't serve, we could be in disobedience to God. The church will suffer. And based on this scripture, then God is not glorified. God's not glorified. So when we begin to look at the church vision, every member in their place, each one is gifted in a certain way. There's a place that you fit that your gift will be served very well. It'll probably not be, unless you have some training, it'll not be exactly where you thought it was. Say, well, why is that? I thought God would do what I wanted him to do. No, God knows exactly where your gift will develop the most. And if you think you know it, you probably don't. Just like Tasha said, everybody told me all my life, see how the devil is, told me all my life, I'm not a kid person. Yet she's found fulfillment and a stirring of the gift in her in ministering to children. But I also know in many ways since this time, as she said, it's helped her where she works at the school and it's helped her to minister to other adults. See, it's, it's the process of serving and now grace kicking in and God being glorified on more fronts than that. And so in 1 Corinthians, it really talks to us about this a, a little bit, every member in their place. Praise the Lord. So we'll look at this, hopefully I'll get to it before my battery dies. It says this, for in fact, verse 14, for in fact the body is not one member but many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? And if the ear should say... Uh, Because I'm not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where would be the hearing? If the whole were hearing, where would be the smelling? But now God has set the members. God set the members, each one of them, in the body just as he pleased. And if there were all one member, where would the body be? Right? So God's called you here. I know when it comes to placing, sometimes we go, well, maybe he didn't. When it comes to the difficulties, maybe he didn't. But most people, when they come in, they say, I believe God's called me here. Or their spouse says, I believe God's called me here. Well, if he did and he put a grace on your life, then there's a place where that fits. And the moment you say, I have a place in the body and I'm going to stir up some things on the inside of me to serve in a place where they need me. Not necessarily where I will be known the best, but where they need help the best and where, the most. And when I put myself, my gift into where it will edify, build, or strengthen the body, that grace gets stirred up in an amazing way. When it's just like, you know, I'm going to wait until I find out where I think I fit the best, you'll wait for a long time. But when you serve others, you say, this is where help's needed. I put it in and you start to find some things out about that gift. And when you do, the glory of God comes to bear. Not only is he glorified, but he begins to show you the grace, the power, the empowerment of his, the splendor of how it works together. We want to have miracles and signs and wonders and and great services, but those don't just happen. When you go to a meeting and you're like, whoo, what an awesome meeting. I just had, man, I just sucked carpet all the time and people were praying and it was awesome. If you knew how many people served to make that happen for you. If you knew how many people were behind the scenes serving to make that happen, you would be in awe. And so what does that mean? When we're serving, the glory of God, the anointing, the power of God starts to be stirred up. In the book of Acts, when the church began when they were all in one accord And in one place doing exactly what Jesus told them to do. And the Holy Spirit fell. Wherever it is, your grace gets stirred up. The glory of God is seen. The power of God is manifested. His strength and his glory. So as a church is built up and the church grows and the church becomes solid and it becomes mature, it, by nature, that community begins to affect the surrounding communities around it. But what's happened is the church, people have gotten involved in, in different things, and the church has become weak, and so the surrounding communities put pressure and, and, and envelop the church. But when the church becomes strong, it becomes the influencing force that affects the surrounding communities. And so sometimes people say, well, I just want a small church with just a few. But the surrounding influence stifles that. But as the church grows and supplies and strengthens, it affects the surrounding communities around that strong church community. Praise the Lord. So it's depending upon each and every person. We love it when we get to participate in a service. We, we love it when the anointing comes. We love it when things happen well. Man, it's a great opportunity to serve in the body of Christ. Pastor Tasha said, we're not coming and going, oh my God, if you don't do something, we're going under. I think you're here. You understand the benefits. But there's so much more that God has for us to do. And 20%, just think about it. Just, In fact, do this. Do this for me. Just if, if you're having any trouble grasping this, right, any trouble grasping what I'm saying, I want you to go this week, and I want you to take your right hand and I want you to tape however many fingers and just leave one finger. One finger out operable. That's 20% of your fingers. And I want you, not of your not used hand, of your most used hand. If you're ambidextrous, then both of them. Whatever you want to do. And then tell me if it hinders you doing life at all. If it hinders you doing life at all. Because that's how, if the statistics are right, Jesus' body is having to function on the earth 20% doing it. We get an opportunity to work with others to make his reach even stronger even longer alright we're closing y'all ready praise the Lord I'm taking a little long so Ephesians chapter 4 and again, we're just we're bringing an opportunity to you and how this works Ephesians chapter 4 we're going to read this again out of the easy to read if, just leading up to it it says, Jesus gave gifts unto men. Some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. And I know there's some places where people are saying, well, they're all over. Everybody in the church, you're either one of these five. But you just have to put it in context of what Paul is saying. Maybe you are, but maybe it's in development. But if everybody was one of these five, then who would they equip? It doesn't denote that everybody is all these. It denotes that there's things that are going on so that the body can grow. And so it says these gifts have been put in the body. Go ahead and put that up there. They've been put in the body for this. This is his purpose. Christ gave these gifts to prepare God's holy people for the work of serving. For the practical day-to-day serving to make the body of Christ stronger. Go ahead. This work must continue until we are all joined together in what we believe and in what we know about the Son of God. Our goal is to become like a full-grown man, to look just like Christ and have all his perfection or completeness. Then we will no longer be like babies. We will not be uh, not be people who are always changing like a ship that the waves carry on Uh, carry one way and then another. We will not be influenced by every new teaching. We hear from the people who are trying to deceive us. Those who make make clever plans and use every kind of trick or tool. Others into, tool others into following the wrong way. No, we will speak the truth in love. We will grow to be like Christ in every way. He is the head. And the whole body depends on him. All the parts of the body are joined and held together with each part. Say, I'm in each part. With each part doing its own work, this causes the whole body to grow and to be stronger in love. The New King James says, as every Every part does its share. What does it do? It causes the growing, the maturing, the strengthening of the body. Why is that so important? Because as we grow to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, as we together come in to look like Jesus, as we as a community are strong and mature, then we affect the surrounding communities going out. But if we are immature and we are weak, the surrounding communities affect the local church. So evangelism becomes stronger. It becomes more natural in our day-to-day sharing with people in the community outside from a place of health in the body, a place of excitement in the body, a place of strong relationship in the body. If we're complaining, if we're biting and devouring one another, the community will soon swallow us up. We'll, we'll bite and devour one another. But as we edify, we build one another up, we serve one another, we learn how to deal with the issues, the problems, the selfishness, the resentment, the, the offenses. We learn to deal with them by the word of God in the love of God. And pretty soon they're not a part of our being. They've been washed away. And now we rise to the measure of maturity and we begin to totally affect the surrounding community about it, around us. Not that we have already attained, but we forget what's behind. And we press with opportunity to what is ahead of us. Because every member in their place brings such a glory of God we begin to reach out and possess our land. Fulfilling our mission to love, lift, and reach people. Father, we thank you. We praise you. We magnify you. What an opportunity we see. That Jesus, you did not come to be served, but you came to serve. As Jeff said in the video. And we are your body. So we've come to serve. To serve you. To serve one another. Help us to see how it strengthens the body as we serve one another. So it grows us up and grows the body up, that together we become a strong influence. We become a light to the world of how a community of people serving one another can grow, mature, and become strong. We thank you, Father. I ask you to deal with every heart and every life. You brought each one here. You have a gift, a grace that you want to manifest, to stir in them, to mature in them. Show them where they can put that to practice. Put that to a place that will edify and strengthen your body. They might learn of your grace, your strength, your ability to go beyond their own. And in that, they'll see the glory of God. Others will see your glory manifest. Your strength manifest, And in you being glorified it draws people to you. So we thank you for dealing with every heart and every life. God, we're so thankful for this group of people as they serve. What a great day to acknowledge service towards God and the importance of it. That each one of us might look into our own hearts and see what the gifts are and where you want to utilize them in the day that we live in. We thank you for it. Holy Spirit, continue to work. God, we thank you for what's on the horizon, for growth and outreach. We thank you for many souls being saved. We thank you for such a part in the great harvest of souls, for there must be a great harvest of souls, with 8 billion people on the earth, and about 5.5 billion of them not even knowing you. What a great work ahead of us. So we're called to the kingdom for such a time as this, for this generation. We thank you for it. We look forward to the days ahead. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise the Lord. I encourage you uh, to go out, to, to go through the booths, see what they have, see what God says to your heart about serving, where you can serve, where you can get involved, I believe it's going to be awesome. Remember, on your worst day, you need the church, and on your best day, the church needs you. Why don't you stand up? Say this we go. What God did in Christ Jesus? Far exceeds. Any damage done to me? By Adam's fall. You can be dismissed. Make sure you stop out. Check out the booths. In Jesus' name.